Hi, everybody. Welcome to Everyday Quality, a podcast where we discuss all sorts of cool quality stuff to make life easier at work. Um, let's jump right into it, have kind of a cool concept today. We're going to talk about SciPods. Um, last time, we discussed interested parties, those those key players in the establishment phase of your quality system. Uh, getting those groups and their requirements listed can help the quality system system start to build a real identity for itself, which is pretty cool. Uh, knowing who you interact with and what they want goes a long way in building processes. What is a process? That's, <laughs> that's, that's quite a question. There, there are a few answers far better than what I'm about to spew out, but for the most part, in a process is an activity done to turn an input into an output. Um, nice broad language. And, and now before we get 30 minutes into this and the terms are being thrown around all willy nilly, um, we're going to talk about Cypox. It's a, as a fantastic way to show what a capital P process is. That's, that's the term for all things that a, a department does when one department interacts with. A capital P process is the high-level stuff when talking about SIPOX and, and how we, we use this tool to create a, a one-stop shop to see all the stuff that happens in a capital P process. A lowercase p process is how to, to turn an input into an output. That's, that's the nitty-gritty stuff. Now, we've done uh, willy-nilly and nitty-gritty. <laughs> I'm, I'm a Doctor Who fan, so we may even throw in some wibbly-wobbly stuff today. That, that could be fun. It could get crazy. Um, all right, so capital P process is the, the whole thing, big picture. Lowercase p process is the, the fine points of it all. It'll make sense. And hey, if it doesn't, by the end of all of this, uh, send me a strongly worded email, everydayqualitypod at gmail.com. Smiley face emoji right here. <laughs> so, all right, Sidebox. There there are lots of processes out there. Um, at, at home, think of paying bills, a, a car loan or maybe a student loan that has followed you for decades. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, there, there are a few things to consider in that, that bill paying process. First, the purpose of the process. The, the purpose is, you know, I want to keep my car. Um, what are the risks involved in that process? That's part two. You need to know what the risks are in order to help prioritize responses. Um, bill paying has that constant risk of late payments, which could harm credit scores or even the repossession of the vehicle. Some pretty extreme risks exist in this, this process. Um, risk awareness is huge when it comes to building a good quality system, but we'll, we'll get to that later on. Um, so purpose and risk. Those are the, the two items that you want to start with. Um, why does the process exist? What does it do? That's the, the purpose. What, what does it do in the, the grand sense of this? You know, it helps meet customer requirements, that sort of stuff. Um, so once you have your purpose and your risks, um, now you can move into the, the suppliers. Where are those inputs coming from? Um, 
the in this case, let's use our bill paying example, uh, the bills come from the lender. Now, what are the inputs themselves? That's what we're going to move to next. And what I um, forgot to detail <laughs> right out the bat there, um, SIPOC, S-I-P-O-C. That is an acronym. Um, Quality is all about alphabet soup, word garbage, acronym kind of stuff. It stands for suppliers, inputs, process, output, customer. Now, there's, there's going to be a few things that we're going to add into what I think makes up a good SIPOC, because ultimately this is going to be a, a general process map that, that everybody can look at. You've got this nice little graphical interface, and that is why we're going to include purpose so that people know what's going on and those risks, because risks should be forefront of pretty much everything that you're doing. And, and risks are all of those things that can make a really bad day at work. Um, again, that's a later one. So we'll, we'll talk about um, purpose and risk right at the head of your, your SIPOC, this graphical map of what is going on in your process. And now it's not an actual process map. That's kind of a different thing. Um, but this is a really nice tool to just help you start identifying what steps are all involved in a process so you can better document that you can build better processes within the lowercase p processes within that uppercase capital p process and that's why you're going to identify risks so that you can really figure out what all you need to really um, work with down the road um so supplier input process Output customer S I P O C SIPOC. That's what we're we're doing here today. Um, so traditionally, risk and purpose aren't involved in this, but I think that they're they're really solid tools to to list out right up front. That way, whoever is interfacing with this SIPOC itself has that real quick inter inter way to to interact with the the whole thing. Um, so. You know who your suppliers are. Now you're going to list all of those those folks that are going to create inputs for you. Now, what I'm going to suggest, um, and we'll, you know, let's get to that in a little while. <laughs> so you want to figure out who all is interacting with the the process, who provides the inputs, who takes the outputs, that sort of stuff. Um, so that's suppliers. Let's go into what inputs are. In, in our bill paying example, uh, the monthly payment is the, the big input. That little envelope or email notification, um, that's an input. That is what starts your process. You're saying, okay, I have received this. I now need to do my part to create what they are asking for. Um, the reminder on your calendar that's that's an input into the process there are lots of things that feed the process inputs ultimately um, trigger something they um, provide the the raw material to create something your output what is the um, the next step would be your actual process you've you've listed out every little input that can go into your um, your capital P process. 
And now we're going to talk about that lowercase p process. That is the stuff that is actually done to create the output, which in this case should be a paid bill. So the process, if you're building a system at, at work at any rate, should be pretty well documented. Um, if you're working in the ISO realm, um, section 751 gives a pretty open statement that the system should contain documented information determined by the organization to be necessary. Document absolutely everything that you can. Um, it's all necessary. Documented processes, um, steps within those documented steps, um, documented process flows, um, they, they all ultimately remove the guesswork. Um, guesswork creates waste all over the place. So, so if you write down what is done, how to do it, what to do when that process is done, life gets easier for, for everybody. And that's the whole point of a good quality system. Um, if you get the chance, put it in a video. I mean, we've got tons of screen recording tools. Um, Screenity is a, a completely free Chrome plugin that is, from what I can tell, fairly compliant to a whole bunch of um, different security protocols. It'll create your video and save it locally, or you can move it to a, a Google Drive. Um, so if you're ITAR, verify that. But um, you can always save locally into an mp4 format right off the bat put that on a shared drive and and everybody in your your team has quick access to that video um way quicker than writing everything out it's super easy you we have a phone in your pocket that has tremendous video editing capability um you don't need a lot of resources to make a good video to document your process um that's, that's my little diatribe there. <laughs> so, um, but, but right now we're, we're talking, um, SIPOC, which is a, a cornerstone of your quality system, um, because it's going to build a greater understanding of what you're working with within that process. All right. So back, back to the process, the, the process step details what is done to churn that input into outputs or singular output um, be as specific as possible in your process steps all right what i like to do um, with the the structure of a, a document system build your sops the standard operating procedures to um, make those super high level make them broad say you know person x does y utilizing a broad system name, that sort of stuff. Your SOPs will give the, the basic intent of what a process should do, makes it fairly audit compliance, and everybody understands the purpose of what they're, they're actually working with in a, a very detailed manner. You're still going to give step-by-steps of, of what that process, capital P, is doing, just in a very broad sense. Once you have those those broad, high-level SOPs detailing the the overall concept of a process, which, once you have your SIPOC completed, you're going to have a pretty easy time putting together a better documented, um, high-level standard operating procedure. Once you have that all put together, then you can start making 
more defined, more specific information. Um, treat those as your training documentation, right? So, so during your ISO audit, you can say, here is what this process does. Put that document in front of your auditor. Um, they're going to ask questions, you know, okay, well, how do they do this? And you can say, oh, well, we train to this document. So you're going to have quite a few documents, but once you have your, your very specific, um, training instructions, if you will, then you can train to those, you can follow up on those, um, and, and really control your system through that, that level, whereas you'll be, um, working, at the broad level through those SOPs, which are way more audit compliant than a, a standard, um, highly specific instruction. We'll get into to that at a later one as well. Um, but ultimately you do want to be specific with your, your nitty gritty details. Um, again, remove that guesswork at the, the precision level, make sure, um, all of the the inputs that you listed out earlier while defining your inputs for for the the capital P process, make sure that those actually show up in your your nitty gritty detail one. Uh, that will definitely make sure that you you understand the process. Um, while you're writing out the the documentation and you discover new inputs because you're always going to miss something. Uh, when, when you're defining that, that initial list of inputs. So you just take whatever new stuff you find, slap it right on over into the input section in your, your SIPOC, um, and you're, you're ready to go. Right. So with paying bills, let's say that the email notification of payment due lands in your inbox, uh, typically like a week before the, the bill is due itself. Um, the process documentation will note something akin to uh, receive notification from provider of payment due via electronic means. Okay. So that, that's still a little broad, but you don't want to say like via uh, Gmail, because if you switch your email provider down the road, this is a really silly thing to get caught up in an audit. It's always going to come through email. We know what that means. You don't need to say, go check your Gmail for, for this one. Cause you know where you're going to check it. Um, but at a later date, you may change that and you don't want to come into your controlled document and move from Gmail to whatever cool new email service is out there. Um, save some steps by using a little bit more broad language. Um, now, it also provides you the opportunity. Let's say that you're doing this for, for home. You've got um, four Gmail accounts. You don't want to list out um, payment due is received at the bills at gmail.com address. Because um, then you'd have to write out a procedure for every single provider. And that would be annoying. Every single email address has a different instruction. It's... You can be a little vague in these and in very specific ways. <laughs> um, you just don't want to create more documentation than your system truly needs. So saying via electronic means, um, via email, that provides you the opportunity to not have to update, not have to create additional documentation, not turn a one sentence 
in not having to turn that one single sentence into 13 sentences. There were many, many bullet points for all of the possible email addresses that can come out. Uh, it's just obnoxious, and nobody would continue reading that if they see 13 bullet points. They would just skip um, like an intro on a Netflix show. You don't want to really watch it every single time that new episode switches over. We've all been there, right? <laughs> um, work within that mantra of, of keep it simple. Um, eliminate the guesswork. Um, stop building hassle points into your, your system. When I was first introduced to the concept of a, a SIPOC, um, I w it was in the, the lead up to rebuilding an entire quality system for a company looking to get into the aerospace sector. Um, the existing system documentation was phenomenal. Frankly, uh, we had instructions for everything from setting a uh, spectrometer to replacing a trash can bag. Um, on, on paper, the processes were well-defined. They were succinct. Uh, they, the, the whole idea of moving to an AS9100 compliant system was, was simple. I mean, with all the documentation in place, things should have been a breeze. Um, but during the, the build rebuild process, we sat down with the people actually doing the work. Now, I remember getting the engineering team into this, this big old conference room to talk about their process, and we heard five different ways on how to send a quote. Um, they, they did not understand their process. And, and when there's no understanding, people will do whatever they think they understand. All right. People, people rarely understand a concept in the same way though. So, so that's how we get five ways to, to do something. Um, so when, when this was discovered, we said, okay, we gotta, we gotta destroy the existing documentation and, and rebuild. So we've, we've got to, um, write the documents to match what's being done. And then we've got to make sure that what's being done is compliant to the standard, to customer requirements, to all of those things that our interested parties need. So, so we sat down for a whole week. Um, the entire engineering staff, at the time it was like nine people, which is in, in subsequent jobs, nine people in an engineering team sounds like a crazy number of engineers, but it was, it was very good. Um, so we sat down with this huge group, uh, kind of shut down engineering for a week at the contract manufacturing facility, which is silly, <laughs> um, but we mapped out their whole process. Now, process mapping is a, a different discussion entirely, but for the purposes of a, a SIPOC and what we're talking about today, um, we, we talked about all the paperwork they needed to, to start that that's where we, we kicked it off. Um, we talked about the, the inputs we talked about the, the phone calls that they had to make, the emails that come in and go out. So all the quotes process, what kind of letters, approvals or, or deadlines, uh, all, all the stuff that impacts the ability to continue with the process. Um, and before long, we had a pretty good idea of all of the inputs and outputs expected from the, the process. Um, once, once we knew the inputs, we asked how those were used and what was done with them. The, the, the how, what 
stuff, <laughs> the how you do it, what you do. That's the, the process. That's the lowercase p nitty gritty process. Um, whatever those inputs triggered or created becomes an output. And sometimes outputs don't go to the customer right there the an input creates an output which creates another input um, they they marked the the starting point for another step in the process so if you've got um, you know we send out a quote perfect you sent a quote that was your output um, that created a new input for the customer whether they were going to accept or reject the quote um, so then we had another step that quote creates an input for the customer. The customer then creates an output um, of a, a rejection or acceptance letter. And that becomes an input to the engineering team to say, okay, hey, now we can kick off the rest of this process. So it's all moves back and forth, right? Inputs become outputs, become inputs again. Um, and and that's, that's fine. You know, outputs do become inputs, unless you're making things like paperweights. Um, it's a safe bet um, that you're, you're making something that serves as an input for something else, right? I, I don't know how paperweights would become an input. Um, <laughs> that's that's beside the, the point. Um so over the week, that that discussion it kept rolling along. You know, we talked to X became Y became Z became A one that sort of stuff. And over that week, we were able to take the the process map, write it all down to create their new engineering SOP, that high level, that broad stuff. Um, and along the way, we identified a few dozen trouble spots too. Um, during process mapping, we we used these. Um, color-coded sticky notes. And that's, that's always my favorite way to do a process map. You just grab a stack of sticky notes, a room full of people. Um, you, blue is all the documentation. Red are your trouble points. Um, orange for process step names. Um, and then whatever color you need for the, the stuff that happens. That'll be a fun one later on. <laughs> but uh, by the end of the discussion, we had all of these these bright red and pink sticky notes on at least a quarter of the giant conference room wall. Um, there, we found out there was a lot of work to be done, um, but that was only accomplished through getting everybody into a room. Um, and you know, if you ever do get a chance to get a room full of engineers in one place, and you have a stack of sticky notes at the ready. Um, take the time to to break patterns just just to kind of mess with them um when during the the process map that we did i would write down on the sticky notes to to map out all the steps you know i would draw like a figure one the one line a figure two a loopy line uh figure three the weird bumpy line um but then i wrote out the number four f-o-u-r um and they they went insane and it was um the most fun that I've had at work in a very long time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, don't mess with people, I guess is the, the greatest lesson here, but if you have to. Um, so um, once you have all of your, your process documentation written out um, on your SIPOC, you want to list those uh, reference document numbers. You know, in ISO, uh, you're supposed to have um, some identifier on your documentation, be it a, a number, a title, that sort of stuff. You want to list out those documents 
on your your sidepock itself to make sure that's that we're um, cataloging that information properly. Um, an easy audit way to do that is to just write down your broad level SOPs, and those will be the documents that get looked at. Um, and then in the SOPs, that's where you want to list out your uh, more precise instructions um, so that everybody knows what to look at when they're looking through their SOPs themselves. So um, just a little little thing that I I like to, to do there. <laughs> so we have the processes all, all written out. Um, after all of that is done, you'll work with the outputs. Um, and that's when you're writing out your sitebook, the, the outputs should come next. They, they come after the process itself um, because it's that's format. <laughs> the outputs are created at the, the process step. Right, so it would be good to reiterate now that the SIPOC is a tool to help define the process, and and when all is said and done, it offers a, a fantastic visual aid to to make everything more approachable. Right, there's the, when you're training a new person, you're going to throw tons and tons of information at them. None of it's going to stick. But if you have the SIPOC at the ready, um, you'll you'll have this cool tool that shows everything that they're going to interact with, everything they're going to create, everything that they will um, need to reference to, to learn how to create the stuff, turn those inputs into outputs. You'll have a list of the risks that they'll have to, to keep in mind. You'll have a list of the uh, interested parties on here as well. This is a one-stop shop just for, for awesome things to help new people, to help auditors, to help customers understand what they can expect in this whole process. That's that's why SIPOCs came so early on in our discussion here. They're, they're a really good tool. Um, now, of course, when you're you're at, in, in audits, we're going to look at process documentation galore. We're going to pull up every document that's mentioned. Um, but... Again, for those new employees, for customers, show them a SIPOC and they'll be oriented with what you're working with really quick. Um, on to outputs. Let, let's say that we're, we're working with um, paying a bill again. Once that bill is paid, then you get a receipt or, or an acknowledgement of receipt of payment. Um, that's an output. Right? That's go ahead and list it. Your, your process is done. It created a new signal that you have um, actually made the payment. Um, if you are working with a, a part production series, you're going to um, make a part. You're going to make a control plan. You're going to make a, an FMEA. Um, all of this stuff will be created as part of the process that you are working with. Um, so anything that you create, anything that that process creates, capital P process creates, um, that is an output of that capital P process. Um, so that's that can be a lengthy discussion. Um, of course, when you're doing your process mapping and you're talking about all of your inputs, you're talking about uh, documenting all of your processes, um, creating that list of outputs at that time, that when you're documenting everything, is, is probably the easiest route to, to go. And in my experience, 
you'll learn more about what outputs are actually created when you are documenting everything that you're, you're working with. Um, last up, there are customers. Now, customers are always the, um, the end goal here. Um, but let's, let's tie this back to last time when we talked about interested parties. Um, ultimately, the interested parties are the customers that should be listed on your, your C-section of the SIPOC, right? Because you should treat all of those interested parties as customers, right? You always want to please your customer. You always want to meet your customer's requirements. And that is not always going to be the end user or the, the customer who purchases the whatever you are making. You've got to impress upon everybody within your process that those interested parties are who you are truly working for. Um, you have management needs to know that quotes are getting out on time. So you're going to find a way to make sure that that information is provided to management. You're going to work with customer service to make sure that they have, you know, the most up-to-date information to relay to a customer. That's their, their part is coming along. Um, that, that sort of stuff. So everybody should be working together to get the best results. So the interested parties is who should be listed under that customer section in, in my humble opinion, it just works better, especially when you are reviewing that, um, that SIPOC, that graphical version of your SIPOC with a customer or with a new employee, it shows them all of the groups that they will be interacting with. Um, tying it back to, um, like my, the, the engineering example, they had, um, responsibilities and, and duties to customer service, the production group, the actual customer, the uh, outside vendors, regulatory agencies, maintenance, um, pretty much every department in the building. So they, they needed to list out to have that um, just, just reminder that yes, indeed, we are all a team. We are all interested in the success of every other department. Um, and, and really, as soon as you can start breaking down some of those silos, the, the teamwork gets, gets wildly improved throughout the, the organization. So treat this customer's column on your SIPOC as an interested parties column, and, and you get a much broader view of the world, uh, which is going to help. <laughs> now, not part of the, the typical... SIPOC acronym, um, but one that I like to throw in is a key performance indicator. Um, this is the metric that tells the, the capital P process if it is functioning as expected. Um, now, selecting, monitoring, and, and improving a KPI is tough, um, and, and we'll discuss it um, later <laughs> on here, um, but really what we are looking for with the key performance indicator is something that will inform the department if they are actually functioning as desired. So with the engineering group, um, let's say that you want your goal to be, um, a, the, you should win more quotes, right? So they're going to monitor the quote win percentage to see 
what they can offer to customers to better increase the, the quote win. So maybe your uh, labor prices are, are over, which is always a good thing. Uh, maybe your raw material costs are really high. Um, the team in engineering should start collecting data to review why quotes aren't one them so that they can fix those problems and then they can see an increase in their actual KPI achievement. Um, so it's tough really to select a good um, key performance indicator. I mean, we always want to do better on time delivery, um, low scrap, high revenue, keep your turnover, practical, hit your EBITDA goals, um, those sort of key performance indicators um, are are good starting points. But really in your side pocket, um, having the, the goal listed um, further builds the, the broad picture of what and why this process exists, what it's trying to do. Um, always, always good things. Um, so when you are filling out your, your SIPOC, we should have a few things listed. Now we have the SIPOC name, the name of that capital P process. We have the purpose statements. So what do they do? Why do they exist? Um, we have a list of known high level risks. So with engineering, it's on time delivery of quotes of parts uh, for customer service. It's uh, handling customer complaints quickly. Um, that's that's the, the risks that, that can be found. Um, quality, we always have the risk of losing ISO certification or um, scrap levels go too high or internal audits aren't done on time. Maybe we don't do enough training in, in a, the review period. Um, those are the risks that should be reviewed. Um, you have your inputs, all the stuff that triggers or goes into making other things. You have your um, process references. You're going to list out all of those document numbers, all of those um, um, titles of documents that, that are going to really detail the, the process itself. You have your outputs listed. What can the person working in the department expect to make at the end of the day. Um, you have your interested parties, you know, everybody that you interact with that has a stake or a, an interest in, in making sure that this process is working. And then you have your key performance indicator listed. Um, that the, the last elements that we're going to talk about is adding in the process owner. Um, assign responsibility and someone will be responsible. That's not the, the most knowledgeable thing I've ever said. It doesn't sound very wise, but the second that you put somebody's job title on there, then that person actually owns everything that's happening in that department. They, they understand, you know, we, we own these documents, we own the output, we own achievement of the KPI. But once you put down their title. Everybody knows that they can go to that person for questions related to that department that, that boosts that sense of responsibility. And as you owner of the quality management system, if once everybody starts to participate and take ownership of their department, your life gets easier. So uh, just throw in that process owner title on there 
um, builds that accountability. Everybody has an easier day at work once somebody takes full ownership of that process. Um, when you're writing out this SIPOC, making that graphical interface, um, arrange them however you want. So you can make a cool, super fancy table. I, I started with a fancy table, had merged cells, resized, whole bunch of stuff. Everything fit just right. Had this cool little graphic that showed the flow of everything. It was complete overkill. That is extra processing waste to the extreme. Um, column headers and properly sized rows are all you really need. Um, that's, that's really all that it comes down to. Um, play with the space and there's, there's lots of fun stuff that you can do to make this work, um, well enough. That's, that's all that you really need. Something that works well enough to be understood. Uh, once you have the sidepock all figured out, uh, you progress into, to building that process documentation, tackling all of those risks that you listed out developing the controls to mitigate those risks, uh, working on your key performance indicators, and, and you have a quick and easy tool to interpret and update as time goes on. This is something that you'll show customers, new employees, auditors, just to make everybody's life easier. You know, take a week, you'll get a good understanding of the process that you are building that you're trying to understand that everybody that, that does the process will, will understand it. Um, if you're coming into a, um, company that's you know, 20, 30 years old, a lot of what you're going to see is just tribal knowledge running that plant or that, that facility, that dentist office. Um, so it's all based upon somebody's understanding of somebody else's understanding. Um, the SIPOC fixes that, right? It sets the standard. It sets the, the tone for what you're going to do. It creates a disciplined approach to interacting with the whole thing, <laughs> the whole organization. Um, and it, it takes time, it takes energy, but it sets that expectation. And that is what the, the goal of a SIPOC is. Um, that will do it for for today um let me know how you are using cypox or or send questions over to everydayqualitypod at gmail.com and we'll we'll track down an answer um hope you enjoyed this one um again reach out with with any questions i said that 30 seconds ago but i mean it um I, i'm checking that email um and want to to help out we can all build our understanding there's no wrong way to do this there's only ways to do this so Find what works for you. This is my suggestion. We will make something awesome and hopefully make an easier day at work for everybody. Thank you for listening. Um, please like, share, subscribe. That's um, cheesy. I'm sorry. <laughs> we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.